everyone, and welcome back to season one, where two best friends watch, review, and recommend TV shows that only aired for one season. My name is Presley. My name is Andrew. And welcome everyone today to this uh, brand new episode, episode 17 of the pod. Today we are discussing uh, a canceled ABC show by the name of Happy Town, and I would love to kick it over to the intro and for Andrew to tell us all about that. So roll the clip, Johnny. All right. Thank you so much, Johnny. Uh, Johnny is our new editor. Um, he uh, he's he may very, or may not be an alter ego of me, but may or may not just be uh, either one of us, depending on the week. Yep. Uh, but anyways, Happy Town is a 2010 American television series about the events of a small town in Minnesota named Haplin. We find Haplin in the midst of a peaceful period of time until a series of unsolved kidnappings continues. We open the series with Georgia, played by Sarah Gadon, walking home at night and hearing and nearly witnessing a murder. The man that was murdered is revealed to be a member of their little town who was suspected long ago to be the Magic Man. The Magic Man is someone whom the town suspects is behind all these kidnappings with, quote, an ability to make people disappear that bordered on the mystical, end quote. The townsfolk are disturbed by Jerry Friddle's murder, which revives the memories of the Magic Man. Deputy Tommy Conroy, played by Jeff Stoltz, is tasked with solving Jerry's murder and ends up on the hunt for the magic man. Tommy's wife, Rachel Conroy, played by Amy Acker, is taken by the magic man, which is confirmed by the presence of dead flowers on the doorstep of the victim's family. Rachel is returned to the town and Tommy, safe after Tommy and Merritt Greaves, played by Sam Neill, start digging into the magic man's past and past victims. Town secrets are rushed to be protected as it seems many of influence in the town seem to know more about the magic man and the disappearances than has been made official in public record. We see the series end with Henley Boone, played by Laura German, presenting a hammer that was used to murder Tommy's mother, Alice D. Wallace, who was previously believed to have passed in an accidental tumble down the stairs. Tommy confronts his father about his mother's death and Griff, Sheriff Griff Conroy, or Griffin Conroy, played by M.C. Ganey, approaches Alice and questions her about the missing people who were previously understood to be dead. Well, what a what a whirlwind. And it kind of only scratches the surface. I mean, that was one of our longer synopsi- synopses yeah. ever. And that, like, kind of only touches, like, a very few points of the actual plot. But that's, like... That, yeah, yeah. That was, like, one of the most... It was, like, regularly succinct comparative to a lot of yeah, other exactly, synopses. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, and it's only eight episodes, too, which is kind of surprising, right? Like, they, yeah. they kind of pack it pack it full. Well, yeah. let's just jump right right into it. <clears throat> we need to talk about what the show was actually about because it was sure. very scattershot. And sure. It, I, I don't know even where to start with this one. Do you have any ideas? Uh, well... You guys kind of heard it from the synopsis, right? Um, we have a series of kidnappings um, that have occurred once, uh, one kidnapping a year, basically. Five um, years ago. So Five years ago is when they had stopped. Yeah. So there have been seven total kidnappings. First one was 12 years ago. Um, they'd had five years of peace. We have uh, Jerry Fertile's murdered. It's a stake, a railroad stake in the forehead. And uh, he up- was like kind of... A, a very regular suspect to be yeah. said magic man, the yeah. serial kidnapper yeah. because he's kind of the town creep. Like he, right. It's kind of implied that he might be a pedophile, but it's not like explicitly stated, you know, yeah. it's like very explicitly stated that he like would watch women and especially younger women. Like uh, he used to work at the school and stuff like that. And so like, that's kind of iffy, but then he like gets very brutally murdered and that's like what yeah. kicks it off. The magic man has not, as of yet returned, nothing really right. happens, but it kind of restarts the conversation about it. Exactly. Because everybody thinks he's the magic man and he ends up being killed by Tommy's best friend, uh, who is Dan. No, not Dan. Mr. Pizza man is what I'm going to call him. Cause he's the town. Dave Duncan, big Pizza Dave man. Duncan. He's played by Abraham Ben Ruby. Okay. Um, anyways, Dave Duncan, yeah. kills him because he suspects Jerry of being as, as the, as the town does of being the magic man. And he basically coerces a confession out of Jerry uh, about like where the bodies are hidden or what, whatever. After basically torturing him. after 
torturing him and beating the living shit out of him. Yeah. Um, you know, we see uh, Dave, conf- or not confronting, but confiding in Tommy and telling him like, hey, I got him kind of thing. I don't remember exactly how it comes up, but, you know, Tommy's the deputy. Um, and son of the sheriff. The son of the sheriff. And so, you know, he's got... Uh, he's torn between, uh, you know, his obligation as a as a deputy to report the murder and his loyalty to his friend. He ends up going with the loyalty of his friend up to a point, um, and helps like basically hide. Jerry's cover body. up a murder. No, cover up the murder. Yeah, they they he buried knows he did some it and shit. He's choosing to not arrest him. Yeah, and he's choosing to to not do the right thing and and report him because he's his friend and he owes him something. Um, now this is an interesting uh, supposition that the show brings up that I was going to pose to you. Yeah. If you knew that I had murdered someone brutally by shoving a railroad spike through their fucking forehead, along yeah. with torturing them. And then been proven definitively wrong that this guy was not a serial kidnapper. Would you would you arrest me if you were the sheriff, or would you buy me a ticket to La Paz, which is what Tommy does? <laughs> but he also killed him. But he wasn't trying to kill him though. He was that was I not know, the intent. I know. He no, was I know. just trying um, to stop himself from being murdered by no, his I know. friend. I know. I watched the show. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I'd like to, I here's the thing. I would like to say that I have the integrity and the morality to turn you in because murder is wrong. Right. And bad in yeah. all cases. You're immoral. However, human. if you killed somebody that was like really, really fucking bad, like deserved to die, which no one really deserves to die, but like some people kinda do. Um I'm talking about like like people who do bad things to <laughs> Yeah, Hitler, people who do bad things to children and just really, really, really bad people. Um, I, I think the jury's out on whether they deserve a second chance and deserve to live. I mean, this is the but question, though. Maybe right? that's it's a little like controversial. If, if it's the same situation, right? If I am yeah. killing this person, Jerry Friddle, right? Yeah. Are you turning me in or are you helping me abscond, uh, flee the country? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you, you my answer. You killed somebody who, who literally didn't deserve it. Yeah. Sorry, dude. So you're That's turning just me wrong. in. wrong. Yeah, no, I would turn I probably you in. would. If the roles were reversed, yeah. I would absolutely, I, I would have zero. Yeah. Because not only is yeah. he turning him in, but he's he's seeing that his friend is basically like a remorseless insane. murderer, crazy person, right? Yeah, and he's like, gone insane. Yeah. Yeah, like he has no misgivings about having, it's not like he shot him in the head, right? From afar, right? A very like impersonal style. He like a very beats personal. him up. Tortures him, could have shot him in the head, and then pauses, grabs a railroad spike, and shoves it through his brain and leaves a a massive hole, and then lets him basically freeze it. I mean, he's already dead, but like he becomes a popsicle because he's ice fishing. All of this is to say, I would turn you in if you did a murder. I would do the same, unless it was like a a Ted Bundy or a Hitler or, you know, because then it's like, I mean, okay, we're good. We're good. So like, that's where Andrew draws the line, apparently. I, you know, it's it's hard because like, I don't think those. I think those people have 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 used up their chances in the world. Uh, they've clearly demonstrated they don't deserve any more. Um, but I also don't agree with the death penalty and things like that, right? So it's like, it's a weird place it's to weird be. Weird line you're straddling there, huh? Yeah, because like, like obviously. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very conflicted about that. I, I, whenever that kind of conversation comes up, I'm like, well, I don't know, because it feels like some people deserve to die because they're very bad people. But that's not my choice to make. Okay, so, so we need to talk anyways, about a few other things, right? Let's let's, let's get, get this into the weeds. Train back on the railroad. Who is Henley, and why is she Chloe, and who is she talking to on the phone the whole time with? Uh, okay. I can do this one. I, I need can clarification, and our listeners need clarification. So, this is the story of a girl. No, um, gonna, I, this is conjecture. It's kind of like, uh, it's a little educated, but it's also a little bit of a, of a leap. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. It's a little speculative. Um, I think that Henley is a cover name for Chloe. We know that. Yeah. We know that, right? Chloe slash Henley is talking to Merritt Greaves on the phone. 
that doesn't make any sense. Or no, no, because no, no, no. they meet for the first time. Like, yeah, I guess they the meet shop. for the first yeah. time. No, no, no. Okay, no, so no, I actually I remember she's talking to her mother. Okay, that's we, who we she's know that to it is about. her mother. I'm asking who do we know who her mother is? Her mother is her mother. Oh, that's anticlimactic. We do. I mean, we don't know. See, I thought her mother was Alice. Uh, yeah, maybe Tommy's mother. That and was also something I feel like you omitted from the synopsis. Is the is the magic man? What do you mean? Alice is the magic man. That's what's revealed at the last second of the show. Yeah. Well, Presley, the the synopsis was so long already. I um, understand, but you said like. Yeah, <laughs> Alice is the magic man. So Tommy's mother. So we're led her, to believe her death was faked, basically, or something. It was faked. Yeah, and so she is yeah. working at a bar that is named after her bird. God, it's called this Cicero. Show is so fucking confusing. It's called Cicero. After, so, yeah, Cicero. so the idea. Well, well, let's 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 rewind a little bit. So okay. the magic man Back is this like mysterious person who lives in Haplin, yeah. which is like one of the hundred people that live there, um, or whatever. There's a lot. So the magic man is like someone who ten billion, but they say it's really small. Yeah. Uh, ma- the magic man is some mysterious person who has, um, he's very adept in the mystic, I guess, or in illusions, right? He can make people disappear in the middle of a crowd. That's kind of his thing. He, he takes Rachel in the middle of a crowd. At Thawfest. Um, at Thawfest. A made up festival. In a a made up festival in Haplin. Um, takes her in the middle of the crowd. You know, drugs her. She's gone. Boom. Nobody can find her. Nobody saw anything, right? Um, so he's this mysterious, like, nobody can figure anything out about him. He steals people in the middle of a crowd. And also leaves a dead specific bouquet. specific types of people. Like, he steals, it's, like, yeah. everybody. It's just, like, it's almost like an opportunistic right. thing. Right. So... You know that that's this mystery of this magic man is like okay we don't know who it is, um, it has to be like a left-handed male because of the handwriting that we analyzed, um, and and that's really what we know. The 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 magic man also um, I mentioned it in the the synopsis, but he leaves a bouquet of dead flowers on the stoop or the front porch of the family who. That's like the calling card. That's like his calling card. That's how you know it's not just a like bouquet. a run mill kidnapping. That's how you know it's find dead flowers. Yep. So that's who the magic man is, and this whole time they're trying to figure out who it is. They have a lot of suspicions, and they they rule out a bunch of people because of this left-handed male thing. Right, and because of the assumption that it's a man, because I guess you know, it's not as common, but women also are serial killers sometimes. Yeah, and also murder people. Well, right? and also not even a killer, because it's proven that the True. first victim that was ever kidnapped twelve Lord years ago Lord. was yeah. alive forty-eight hours prior to her hand being cut off and delivered to the bread factory that Haplin is famous for. Yeah. So, like, we know that at least one of them was alive. The longest person to have been kidnapped was alive within 48 Still. hours of the events of the show, like yeah. right in the middle of it. So we know yeah. at least one of them is alive. We never actually find out what happens to any of these kidnapping victims, which is kind of an interesting turn. No, we like don't. we never see them at all. We, we we only get one hint of the hand. Yeah, we get the hand, and then we, you know, we see the at cages. the very end, the cliffhanger, we have Griff approach Alice at the bar, and he's like, You never told me. That everyone was still alive, and then she was like, "You never." And asked. then she was like, "Well, you never like asked." Maniacally, which is kind and of a fun clip. That's pretty much the end of the series, right? Um, so it's like we kind of know they're still alive, based on some very very small amount of evidence. But like, why would she keep the first one alive and, and not, not the kill all the other six. ones? Yeah, right. Um, it's also like it's hard to keep one person. I mean, having kidnapped a lot of people. And trying to keep them alive for more than like a week. It's really hard, okay. you know? <laughs> okay. Obviously uh, a joke gang. Trying to take that in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying like it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Like so much of the show does make sense. Not a lot of the show makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I feel bad because I kinda wanted to like this show. And in my notes, I let's talk let's get into some of the good and the bad. I feel like we're at okay. the point. I, I found this show to be kind of rewardingly pulpy. The way that I like would describe the show if someone asked me about it, it's like I walked into 
the bookstore at an airport and picked mm-hmm. up like the first mystery novel that's like somewhere on one of the <laughs> yeah. like sellers list. It's not like Absolutely. top of the best sellers list or anything like that, but it's kind of like like a quick 190 page mystery novel to read on the yeah. plane. And that's like the way it felt. Like I was compelled by figuring out like, oh, who is the magic man? Like what is going on? Like why are all these people being so fucking weird and scary and this is not yeah. a quote unquote happy town in the fucking slightest. Yeah, it's the worst name for a show ever because it doesn't represent the town at all. But well, it's I the like, irony. I was of compelled it, right? by the mystery. It's the irony of a happy town, because the matriarch of the town, um, Peggy Haplin, played by Frances Conroy, uh, who does a great job. Um, she does very well in that type of role. So, you know, Peggy's kind of the matriarch. She's the the mayor, I believe, of the whole of the whole city or town, and she runs everything. She basically makes everyone appear happy, even though there's a lot of people who are like trapped there via circumstance, including her own family. Um, and, you know, that's the thing. That's that's the irony of it being a happy town is you have this series of kidnappings and a murder and all of this stuff going on. Everybody is kind of like forced to wear that happy face. I think that's the idea behind the name of the town is it's just irony. Well, it's just ironic. It's stupid and no one's happy. Yeah. Tell me something you liked about the show. Uh, It's going to be hard. I can already tell. Yeah. What, based on me or based on just the show? (laughs) No, based on what you said earlier. Uh, and it's not like it was like horrible, but trying to pluck like, Oh, this one thing was really good. Is then do broad like stuff. You know, I I think the general idea of this series was good. Okay. I think it's very interesting to be like, to have a, a, a murderer or a suspect or whatever you want to call them, an unsub if you're a Criminal Minds person, who <laughs> st- like kidnaps people in a way that nobody can figure out, right? There's not like this... The MO is like the method, but they don't know the method, but they know enough to know that it's like the same person, right? They have the calling card. They have the similar type of disappearance, but I I like the idea of that, that, uh, bad guy, right? That, that antagonist, because it is actually really compelling. It's like, Oh shit. Like these people just disappear in the middle of, the thought fest was just literally attended by everybody in the city, whether they wanted to go or not. Right. And like Rachel, for example, who was kidnapped was surrounded by tons of people. And like was her child was like castle right there yeah. about to come out of the bouncy castle in two minutes and she was gone. Right. So like there's this elusiveness of the antagonist and this mystery shrouded around them that I like. In yeah in an antagonist where you're like, holy shit, how are they doing this? Like, well, yeah, how is and this the other possible? The other interesting thing is like, unlike other, you know, potential kidnappings or stories of kidnappings, there's li- like, once they are gone, there is zero trace of their, like them ever right. being seen ever again. Right. Like a lot of times you get like tips of like, Oh, I think I saw somebody like who has been right. like, there's never anything like that. Right. So the fact that not only can they disappear from a crowded area, but then never ever be seen by anyone ever again. Like in this dinky ass small ass town yeah yeah is like is yeah. very uh is, is is distinct the other thing that's interesting is apparently this is not localized to haplin but right. is a phenomena that it also existed in england because that's where Merrick greaves played yeah. by sam neill had his son kidnapped we got to right. talk a lot about sam neill and we also have to talk a lot about someone you didn't mention in the synopsis who is the crazy Dan farmer did you bring him up? I forgot. I didn't. No, dude. I, they, I if I if I so guys, the amount of things that happen in the show yeah, and kind of the wild. amount of like little threads that happen that we don't fully see come to fruition or we don't really see how they all twine in or like tie together as as much because it was a rather short series, but the amount of story threads in this in this series 
there was no possible way for me to include them and not have like a two page synopsis. Yeah, it would have been fun to count um, like how many different random things come up. Yeah. Because there's the whole Romeo and Juliet angle that wasn't brought up. Uh, yep. There's the abusive father yep. thing with the Romeo yep. and Juliet couple that wasn't brought mm-hmm. up. Uh, what else? What else are we missing? There's the whole blue there's like, door thing, which yeah, makes which no fucking which, sense. Well, but the blue door thing has to do with the magic man. But that is literally right? all you so can like, say about like. There's no so, other information you have about it. So like, I'll save speculation for like a season two or whatever because yeah, it ties into like into what I think is going on a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. like, the blue door thing ties into the magic man somehow. Right, because okay. when Rachel was hypnotized by Merritt Greaves, she saw Blue Door to see back, like try to uncover some of the memories and things she saw when she was drugged up. She saw the Blue Door. And she had Merritt to break Greaves, through it, and behind the Blue Door was all of the other victims. And Merritt Greaves said that the Blue Door, like initially, was impenetrable, right. but then like was very revealing to him as a piece of cinema. And then right. the the grandson of the mayor, the woman that's scary and knows more than she's letting on that's trapping people in the town. Right. Also Peggy. shows him the blue door. And yeah. then he decides not to run abscond with his, his, uh, his lover, the Romeo yeah. and Juliet subplot. All these subplots dovetail into one another. Um, Eventually in some way they do. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. But yeah, it was weird. Andrew watches this movie and it's like horrifying. Cause you could tell he's like absolutely horrified by this movie. But then he's... But also transfixed. Like, he can't... It's like a train wreck. Yeah. He can't look away. You yeah, know? but he's also transfixed. And then all of a sudden, he's like, this is who I am now. Like, and this I is can't who I will Haplin, be. And I, and I can't, can't leave Haplin because I, I... Like, basically, like, I see now what my role is here or something. Some very weird, like, cultist-type shit. Where he's, it's like, indoctrinated not, into it. This is, like, the problem with the show is nothing is, like... Exp- it's, like, two, one degree to... Uh, like opaque right it's like yeah there's not enough for us as an audience yeah, just like to willow understand or view i don't even disagree with the willow comparison i think you're trying yeah. to provoke me there i there are certain things but it is a little true in willow, there were a right? lot of yeah. things that were like what what is it yeah there's and i think there's a subtle difference there with like taking your own interpretation of like a magical world versus like things just not being withheld from the audience arbitrarily right for instance like we literally have no idea the entire time who the magic man is right which is a fun hook for a show right right oh totally um like yeah. the idea that we're being brought along in this mystery is intriguing and i liked it at the same time it's infuriating when the when the show does not give you enough information for you to try and figure it out it, it's one thing if like i can kind of like go through it and be like oh well you know based on these clues i have a pretty good idea of who it is or like i can figure it out two episodes ahead of the reveal but like the problem was is that like there was no way to guess who the magic man was because the show doesn't give you any actual information to help you figure it out the clues. Unlike yep. the other people in the town who kind of have more knowledge than the, the viewer has, which is a bad way yeah. to write a story. Yeah, no, that, that a hundred percent tracks. It was like, there was so much that, that was known by the townspeople. And like, they all made it very obvious. Cause there were a couple times when Tommy, who again was the deputy, who was the lead investigator of the magic man again, Oh, and he then brought also in the becomes community. the sheriff because his it, father goes crazy and cuts his own hand off. Yeah. We didn't even okay. talk about that. I was going to get to that too, uh, but hold on. So there's a time when Tommy meets up with the rest of the community members whose, right. um, whose children have been kidnapped yep. uh, or lovers or whatever were kidnapped. And they have this conversation that's so incredibly vague, but behind all of the vagueness is a bunch of information that they all clearly know that is not imparted to us. Correct. Yeah. And so that was something that was like, Oh, well that would have been a great time for us to understand more about these people and their disappearings and, and who the magic man is. And obviously there was a, there's a way to reveal some of that to us, but also keep the mystery alive of, of the entire situation. But this show was uh, eight episodes. And all in all, yeah. there are eight 
kidnappings done by the magic man over the course of the whole series yeah. how cool would it have been prior to this uh to like the stinger and the like intro sequence which is like 10 seconds to see the kidnapping terrible yeah to see like what is yeah. happening around the victims you don't even need to show the magic yeah. man you don't need to show what happens you need right. to show the before and the after of this person disappearing from whatever crowd whatever recital whatever like thing that's going yeah. on that would provoke the mystery and you just yeah. show one every episode. And then the last episode, you show Rachel's and why it's potentially different. Because Rachel, unlike all the other victims, is returned surreptitiously yeah. for no reason that we never find out about, right? Well, um, we're led to believe it's because because Merritt and Tommy start digging into the origins of the Magic Man and start going back into the original murders. But from the Magic Man's perspective, how but in the hell I agree. would they oh, know I that? I right. know, but that's what we're led to believe from the right. show. The show tells us, oh, Rachel was returned to us because we started digging, right? It doesn't make any actual At sense. All, There's no the actual sense. logic yeah. there because because the magic man wouldn't know because it's not like the magic man is in the force. Like We're or led to believe for a really long time. <laughs> or omniscient. We're led to believe that Dan Farmer, who's a, a, a state investigator we're led to believe and he's just a fucking weirdo anyway no he's like literally drugs, cra- people, he admits to being crazy he's super crazy uh we're led to believe he's the 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 magic man this whole time yeah kind of he's pretty open that he isn't but he also drugs innocent people and like tortures like drugs georgia who's a child to get information to know what she saw but then also drugs her dad and tortures her dad to figure out what information she he told him for and, some reason and he has and it's just very strange but but yeah i want to so, talk about dan farmer more because he also makes okay. crepes and really likes making crepes and then yeah. shoves it in george's mouth for some reason and then it's is so really weird. nice and then feeds them good crepes that aren't drugged yeah. and then right. lets them run away so that they this man it was stealing things from the crime scenes that he was invited to, to help investigate. And then he yep. gets shot by someone. I forgot who shot, who, who, who did this. It was one of the Stivalettos, which is like a group of, God, we didn't even talk about God. There's group so of, much uh, fucking happening. In the show. I know. Nothing happens. Yeah. The Stivalettos oh are a group of dudes who are like just misfits. And they're like the town, uh, like out, outsider family right yeah they're, they're like the they're trouble the kind of riffraff family you know the stereotypical yeah. like yep. even though there's nothing really wrong with them they just live on a farm and like a junkyard you know yeah there's a bunch of weirdos that live on a junk junkyard or something it reminds me of the way that the averys are perceived in making a murder you know Stephen avery the real life guy sure have you not I've seen, seen a murder? Oh, okay. No, yeah. I like his family runs a junk, junk shop and they have like a street named after them and they're at like the end of their street and they, mm. they're just like kind of seen as like a little bit on the outside just because they, you know, are the kind of like trash collectors. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like yeah. that stigma, sure. right? Sure. All of this is yeah. to say that this show is really convoluted, doesn't yeah. make the most sense and um, is not the best acted the only person that's kind of there that's like feels good is tommy who is trying his hardest he's trying his heart he's he putting in his, his hardest effort. doesn't mean he's the best actor and then sam yeah. neil who is a good actual actor yeah yeah sam neil is like sam neil is like verified a good actor so um, he but, was he was good but like jeff stoltz when when he was okay okay hold on so jeff stoltz is like has an emotional moment with his dad where he's trying to like figure out what the fuck is wrong with his dad because he's after like in a fugue state, off. and after he's in a fugue state, um, and like the crying and the emotion that he portrayed there was like really moving. Was, that was bad. It was bad. <laughs> it was really bad. That was really o- the only like bad part that Jeff Stoltz had. Otherwise, he he did a pretty decent job. But okay. My point was that he was trying, right? Like all the other actors, he was trying. A lot of them feel like they're very sleeping, like they're sleeping through it. Yeah. You know, to me, and he was uh, the only other person is Dan. Amy Farmer. Acker. Amy Acker was also really good. I don't know who that is. She was Rachel. She was Tommy's Tommy's wife. She actually did a decent job in mm. some scenes. Okay. Well, we just agree to disagree. That I've seen her like in other things, and she's been great. Here. That's um, fine. This isn't that other thing that she's great. I in. well, yeah. I know. <laughs> but okay. So Sam Neill's the only good one in the show. Sa- yeah, Sam Neill's the only like verified 100% much like, like good in actor. Alcatraz. 
Anyways, so Sam, uh, no. <laughs> Any opportunity to ignore me talking about Alcatraz, you will take. Yes, Griff. Okay. Griff. He's the sheriff. He's Tommy's dad. Got it. After seeing the death or like the body of Jerry and hearing of the magic man and like kind of those whispers and whatever at the beginning of the series, he goes crazy. He like, like it, he's like I thought drugged he was like or like in a stroke. state having a stroke because he kept something. like inserting the word Chloe into he, various places. Sometimes well, it's kept, replacing a name and sometimes it's like replacing yeah. a random word in a sentence that doesn't, it shouldn't be there at all. He, and then he, he doesn't acknowledge it. Like, like, he doesn't know what he's yeah. saying. He would kind of go into like a fugue state state where he was like prophetic. He was talking about Chloe's coming, when this whole thing. Or, what, yeah, exactly. Blood is spilled, this whole something. thing, whatever kind of shit. But then he would like come to, and it was like it never happened. And everybody else is like, especially Tommy, because it mostly happened around Tommy. Tommy's yeah. like, Dad, what the hell is wrong with you? So Why it all comes to all a crazy like. It all comes to, it culminates to a, a point where he's, uh, where Griff is in his office. Okay, and he's like been spouting all this shit, talking about Chloe. He's like fully fucking fugued and unhinged. And he locks himself, barricades himself into his office, and he like chops off his hand. He takes a like a tomahawk that's like mounted on it, like a, a decorational yeah. tomahawk. And he and chops off his left hand. Yeah. And like that's how like the first episode I think ends. I think that is the, the end of the first episode. Or the yeah. second episode. It was no, like very early. I think it was the first episode though. And then, like, they cut to him being in a hospital, like, passed out. And then he wakes up and he's, like, half in, half out, mostly out to begin with. They reattach his hand. And, like, he's just, he's fucked up for a while, spouting all this stuff. And he's, like, not there. He's, like, staring at the, like, staring down. And, you know, this is when Tommy has this, like, emotional moment. Like, what's wrong with you? Tell me what's wrong with you. Who's While Chloe? He's oh, oh, oh. Why is he eating cereal slowly? And then we forget about him for a while. And, you know, he, Tommy makes a few visits and he's doing better. And, oh, bring by the girls. Bring by, your you know, uh, your your wife and, and my grandchild and everything after I just went unhinged and chopped my own hand off. Um, I'm fine now. And and then the weirdest part of all of it was when, okay, what the fuck was the show, Presley? So much shit I'm trying happened. to figure out the point that you're even trying to make right now. I'm just you, talking about already, what happens in the show. We're we're just we're just talking about all the unhinged shit that happens in the show. So you see, you know, we have this like they th- everybody thinks the town thinks that Dan Farmer is the magic man. The police have him in custody. He's been... They, they find him uh, having kidnapped the innkeeper. And, right. Because uh, she had long ago made a report about finding a bunch of dead, dead random birds, birds in the, in the forest. And so she stuff. took him where the dead birds were. And then he uh, he finds, yeah, shot discovers the seven cages of right. presumably the, the seven people that were victims. And then hunters come and discover, oh, there's this man who's kidnapped somebody that now uh, the person is yelling for help. They shoot him thinking that he's the magic man kind of yeah. logically. Right. And he is, he is adamant that he is not. And I tend to believe that he is not. Cause it kind of makes he's sense by the end of the show. Yeah. Um, but he has now been shot now. Please continue. Yeah. So he was shot. Police have him in custody. They're in the police house or the, whatever the, fuck. the police house, <laughs> <laughs> the, the precinct, excuse me. They're they're sitting there. They're they're trying to go through all the paperwork, and uh, the town finds out. Okay, they got Dan Farmer. We think he's the magic man, and then basically they riot because they won't just like they want mob justice him, on the magic. Yeah, they want mob justice. They want him to give up. They want Tommy and the sheriff in the sheriff department to give up um, Dan so they can mob murder him, basically. <laughs> And so I think it's called a lynch mob, but okay. Lynch mob, whatever. Presley, we're shooting from the hip right now. Don't worry about it. Um, Doing a bad job, both of us. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. So <laughs> this show is so fucking crazy. So much happens. Okay, so they they mob the 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 precinct and they just 
they're like, give us Dan Farmer, you know, whatever. You have a bunch of time, up. and they just start shooting the precinct. There's they're like glass from all angles, everywhere. Lights like, are falling down. They're barricading the yeah. windows. It gets like, pretty buck wild. So the, the Stivalettos, uh are kind of like in with bad groups, and and Greggy, who's like the pretty boy leader, uh, comes out like is released from prison after having murdered someone or killed someone. And he's got ties to like a biker gang. So they basically call the biker gang up and that's who's most of the like force there is the biker gang shooting everything up. So there's this biker gang shooting and the Stivalettos and some of the people from the town all shooting in, you know, the sheriffs are shooting out and they're trying to save everybody who's in there, which is like Tommy's whole family. And basically what ends up happening is the Stivalettos and the biker gang like storm in and they're all in a Mexican standoff pointing guns at each other and like this whole thing. And then Griff just walks in wielding double M16s. Yeah. And his hand is fully functional. He can carry like a 15, 20, whatever, 30 pound gun with one hand and just starts shooting both of them like a Kimbo style, holding both up. And it like, what the fuck was this show, man? Yeah. I got it. It gets it got pretty really off weird. the rails because then subsequently it started okay. Did it start okay? Anyway, I said okay. It we're gonna continue good. with this weird synopsis because it goes on to where they need to get uh, Dan Farmer, the man, who, the suspected magic man, to a hospital because he's like losing blood because he's been shot and he's been holed up in the precinct while it was under siege. Right. And so then Merritt Greaves, Sam Neill's character, steals the ambulance kicks out the deputy and the emt that's working on him and it's revealed that they are very close friends his close friend xavier who was name dropped like the episode beforehand mm-hmm. and right. he does the worst british accent i've ever heard in my entire fucking life um yeah. it's like it's like when i did that british accent a couple episodes back and it was really shitty it was like it was worse really than hard that. to listen to it the other thing it made me think of is like, remember how I was so surprised when the bionic woman had a British accent? She was like, 15, <laughs> I was like, Oh, that's yeah. so good because that's actually yeah. her real accent. It's the opposite of that where I'm like, that's so right. bad. Just why did you do that? Anyway, it's revealed that they're both trying to find the magic man it working in cahoots. And now they're kind of absconding together, which yeah. puts them in kind of a weird light. This show was fucking buck wild. I there's, try, there's yeah. no synopsis available like on Wikipedia or IMDb that's really like concise or understandable. So yeah. you just have to trust us listening to whatever Andrew read at the start and then all of the ramblings that we've been going on for the last 20 yeah. minutes that this show yeah. was completely unhinged and absolutely unhinged. So wild. Yeah, but not in not in a way that's like, holy shit, watch this. Uh, um, I'm not going into my reading yet, but I'm just saying. No, like, I know. Uh, before hell, we get into like final like pros and cons like we need to think of a good and a bad right because we always kind of delineate that we, we've been generally talking right i we need to bring up talk? something yeah. that's important that if if my good friend who lives in minnesota and our mutual good friend uh who spent many a year in minnesota knows that nobody in this fucking town is from minnesota and none of them sound like right. somebody who's actually from a small town in minnesota right because nobody has anything resembling a minnesota accent or no. any of the the Not even like usual remnants. Minnesota turns of phrase. Yeah. Especially if you were in like a smaller northern town in Minnesota. This show was filmed in Ontario, yeah. not Minnesota, so it's kind of obvious there. Sure. Um and it was very disappointing. That is all. I agree. Yep. I second. I second that that statement. It was very strange. I I forgot that it was based in Minnesota. It's because of the same things like It could be literally any town. It could have been Yeah small town indiana or small town fucking maine or small town oklahoma and it would have made there's nothing specific about minnesota other than it's weird that a british man uh opened a uh like cinema regalia shop yeah that would have been probably weird in any small town though that's what i mean right like it's yeah yeah anyway um Give me, give me a good, give me a bad. We always got to find uh, something good, something bad. We kind of discussed some of them, but I want to hear it. Yeah, uh, I feel like I used my only good, man. I feel like the the base premise of the show, the base idea, the core of it was good, and I think that I don't know. I I I think that the writing was bad, but the casting was all right. Like everybody who played a character, I believed that they were that character. 
Yeah. Now, There's now, no not talking about the here. yeah, not talking about like the the level at which these people can act, but like right, they all fit the role that they played yeah. well via looks and the way they portrayed the personality, the writing, the actual acting. That shit is questionable and probably in the bad side of things, but. Yeah. There was no egregious casting where it was like, wow, this is not right. No, I, I think that's fair. I think that would be my other good, quote unquote, good, aside <laughs> yeah. from Heavy the core unquote. premise being good. Yeah. Um, bads? You, I mean... Too many to list. I mean, it's We just talked 20 minutes of bads. Minutes, yeah. Uh, 40, <laughs> 40 minutes. Well, I mean, we've been going for about 40 minutes. I think yeah, we have. That's the amount of bads um, espoused about this one. Yeah. I, I think that there were just, they put about four or five seasons of story threads. You know, the Romeo and Juliet, the, the matriarch ruling the town, the mystery murder and like. And the mystery uh, kidnapping. And the mystery kidnappings and this and that and this and that. They fit and it all into mom. like eight episodes. Merrick Greaves being a creeper. Yeah. There's, it goes uh, on and on. They they fit so many of those threads into one eight-episode season, which I'm betting it got canceled pretty early, so they didn't keep making it, right? Oh, this is a um, fun fact after you oh, neat. finish your uh, So I think that they tried to fit too many, this is a bad for me, way too many threads with way too little connection into a very short series. You're sure that's not a good <laughs> I am 100% sure that's I know, it was a joke. Um, so my fun fact that I was going to share is that uh, this show was on ABC. Yeah. Uh, after six episodes, they pulled it from their airing. Yeah. And then the only way that people could watch the, the final two episodes was on their website, abc.com or whatever it is, which in 2010 was kind of a ludicrous thing thing that people like they thought that people not would not a do. normal idea yeah yeah because like you know that is very normalized now of like oh you know watch the show continue online or whatever yeah. but like in 2010 that was like a very novel concept i suppose and so like they didn't even have enough faith in the show to like just finish airing it they like gave up the time slot because yeah. it was so poorly received i saw that when i was when i was doing my synopsis and looking at some information yeah. it was like six episodes aired on abc two aired online and i was like huh what does that mean? Um, but I didn't, I mean, I know what it means, but I didn't look into it anymore. Uh, yeah, strange. Yep. The first streaming platform, abc.com. <laughs> um, <laughs> they started the, the OG streaming war. They started it. Netflix for stole their idea. Yeah, no, Netflix God, stole their what, idea. How insane would that be if this was like the catalyst for the streaming war? <laughs> like, can you imagine? It can't like be. There could not have show. been that many people. No, I know, but it would just on. be like a funny little like <laughs> claim the fame of the show. Yeah. Um, yeah, all in all, it was pretty bad, but Presley, what's your, what's your good and bad? What, give me, give me a little 50, 50 middle something. Uh, good was, uh, I, the mystery was genuinely engaging. I wanted to know who the magic man was. I wanted yeah. to know how the, how the kidnaps were happening. I right. wanted to see what kind of mystery threads were going along. It just got way too muddy, right? Mm -hmm. Way too, it, it wasn't straightforward, right? Like, you know, we both like frequency and that was like a very straightforward, like serial killer story. And it was like, we're focused in on this and there's some little externalities, little side quests you could call them, but like, it's really dead eyed focus on this. Right. And that's what this show needed to be. It needed to be focused on the magic man. There's a fresh kidnapping after not having happened in five years and it needs to be about that, right? Like that's all, it didn't need to be about all this other stuff, right? So that's a good, like I, I liked that it was an engaging mystery. I also genuinely like Sam Neill's acting and I like Sam Neill. Um, he is two for two uh, in, in our uh, show. In our books, if he, yeah. I, I had an idea that we should start a canceled show hall of fame for actors that show up in a bunch of canceled shows and he might be our okay. first inductee because I can guarantee you for a fact he's in at least one other show on our list. And that, it's one of my favorite shows, which we'll save for another time. Okay. Um, but he might be our first inductee. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But I like Sam Neill. The bad, the first thing I need to call out, because it's been driving me fucking crazy, okay. is the terrible CGI bird. Oh, my God. Yeah. Cicero. <laughs> it is. This bird the, is so bad. The worst looking. I could spend 15 minutes in any 3D modeling program and come up with a better looking bird. Uh, that is more compelling because it looks like so, so egregiously bad. And the fact that yeah. they couldn't just like hire like a Falcon 
like a falconer and their falcon for like yeah. a day to get some pickup shot it's it's like so ludicrous and yeah. it's just too busy the show is just too has is trying to do way too much yeah. with way too little if this was 13 episodes and they you they said the exact same amount of story over those 13 episodes and just like included some of the things i talked about i think it could work a lot, actually a lot better which is give the things room to breathe a little bit more um, but it's so jam packed and it's so impenetrable. And like, yeah. I guarantee you, if we asked our audience members to like submit a synopsis of us, like from what we said about this show, like it would be complete gobbledygook. That would be because it would be though. impossible. Yeah. So if yeah, you want to this... do that, add us uh, on, yeah. on our social medias with your with your synopsis of Happy Town. You can have watched the show, and you maybe shouldn't watch yeah. the show. We'll get into it. Yeah, this this series reminds me of how I play video a lot of video games, like story video games, where like like I just am side quest Sally. Like I literally will just play the game for hours on end, ignoring the fact that there's a main quest. Right. And then I'm like, huh, this is a really, really cool like currently you know, Diablo Four at the time of this recording just came out. I've been playing a lot of Diablo 4, and I've done barely any of the story. But I've been walking around doing all these side quests and I'm leveling up and I'm like, huh. What what's the what's the theme here? What's what's kind of going on? <laughs> what with unifies these the uh, world these, and these why are all of... these places can t- t- mixed together and what's going on? And I'm like, well, fuck! There's a fucking story. Yeah, go play it, the story. Yeah. and that's kind of what happens then, here. Like, is like a quest will kind of get you back to the yeah, story for five yeah, minutes, and then it will exactly, back and then yeah, you're I just like, it. oh, there's another there's another blue exclamation point. Um, yeah, and this this movie is or this TV series is much like that, where it's like, oh, cool, we have this story let's throw in some other stuff. And then we like spend an entire, you know, three quarters or a whole episode on some other thing. That's not even that related. And then, yeah, the best description is just unfocused. I think. Yeah. It's very unfocused. So we, you alluded to it earlier. So I'll start with you about what you would have wanted from a a second season, a season two. So yeah, give it to me straight. Well, let me be frank. I don't want a season two. I wouldn't have wanted a season two. Um, I think that's not the point. I know. I think that what we might have seen in a season two is so the idea behind the magic man and the blue door, they're, they're like, they're linked. There's something going on with them and Alice and Peggy knew each other. Peggy is the mayor mayor of, of, uh, of Haplin and last name is Haplin. And Haplin and Alice was her gardener. They were seemingly close enough to have gotten into an argument. Basically, Peggy hit Alice over the head. This is the story, which may or may not be true. Hit Alice with a hammer. She obviously, after that blow, fell down the stairs. You know, she was out of it. She fell down the stairs and died. Uh, we find that Alice is not dead, but there's something with the blue door and Alice. And this whole, like, Haplin bread company cult <laughs> thing that they have. And, like, Alice and Peggy are the leaders or something. It doesn't but I, I think sense. what we see is we we see, like, Tommy and the, the his deputies trying to discover and find the people continuing to do the investigation right. that we presume are still alive that we presume are still alive we are led to believe that they are they are alive right. not confirmed but we have a hand from the first victim that was alive when it was cut off 48 hours prior to finding into the bread factory uh so i think we see the chase to find these people because i think that's where it's headed anyway um and then we see we probably see some more development with like henley and her mother, which I guess is Alice. Yeah, see, that's what I think is that it seems like it. Yeah, it seems like how Alice is Henley's mother, which makes Henley and Tommy at least half siblings. Right. So we kind of see that dynamic happen, and then that we see the Henley's Alice Peggy story continue. Or we uncover why Henley is there, what Henley's inheritance is. I don't know. I want to cut in for a second and be like, audience, if you're confused what Andrew's talking about, don't worry. I watch the show and I'm confused at what he's talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Henley's like one of the first characters we're introduced to. And she's basically, yeah, she's basically like 
not that important. Um, I mean, it, I want to call out something interesting yeah. though. Henley is sent. She's sent there under like a cover story, and her real name is Chloe. Right, and she is staying at the boarding house, which has a rule that you can't go to the third floor under any circumstances. And so she right. uh, steals a key, makes a copy of it. Uh, yep. swiftly and then breaks into the third floor which was revealed to be full of bird cages with a bunch of birds in them which is significant for some reason because birds keep showing the fuck up in the show for no reason and then right, under the, magic the floorboards likes to murder birds and keep one I guess and then under the Something. floorboards she discovers this hammer why was the hammer under the floorboards why are there a bunch of birds on the third floor what mm-hmm. is the involvement of this woman uh, who runs the boarding house, who seems to know a lot. It's just, so, there's so much stupid. Like, I can't, I can't. We need to stop. I'm going to give you my prediction because my head hurts thinking about this show. Okay. I didn't really know where mine was going. I just think that we probably see the investigation continue and we peel the curtain back behind Henley, Alice, Tommy, Peggy, whatever shit. So, please. Yeah, I, I, I will uh, dovetail on what you said because I agree with you. I will say that I would like to see the antics of Merritt Greaves and Xavier, who can't do a British yeah. accent. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll probably refer to his American accent because it'll be easier for them uh, as they travel the countryside looking for the magic man for some reason or something. It's very confusing what they plan to do now that they've absconded. I'd also like to see um, Tommy's wife like work to recover more of her memories and like understand more about why she was kidnapped and picked and all that i think that could be interesting i think the show didn't need another season so it's fine <laughs> we don't need to talk about it anymore let's get to our star ratings because i'm yeah. done with this stupid show <laughs> oh i had one more point actually before God we go into it. star ratings no i'm just fucking with you oh, okay what's your star rating why don't you go Let's, okay, let's well, let, let me you just be it. done with this series. Yeah, I need to be done. <laughs> I need to go take a nap, and it's it's 7.50 in the evening. Anyway, yeah. Uh, just to recap our star ratings for new listeners and returning listeners who have forgotten about it, uh, zero out of five stars. It's a five-star scale, but zero out of five stars is uh, should never have been a thought in the person's head, let alone a screenplay, let alone a script for a show, let alone a whole-ass show made about it. Uh, one star is... Uh, pilot worthy but not much more than a pilot like we had a fun idea but we made a pilot and it didn't work two is it got a season it didn't need another season and it was pretty bad the whole season but it's like eh you know it's like definitely we're good that it was canceled and we're fine that it didn't go any longer three is the watch at your own risk category which is hey if you enjoyed our discussion the lunacy of us two trying to decipher whatever the fuck was going on in any given show and or the uh you know, just needing to kind of discover yourself. If you're going to like this show, do it. If you liked our discussion, you might like the show, but watch you on risk. Four stars is, Hey, this was a solid show and deserved another season. And it is sad that it didn't get one. We enjoyed it. Uh, and we would think that most people would enjoy it as well. And then a five star rating, which we have yet to give is uh, the, the 10 out of 10, the five out of five, however you want to say it, the best, uh, the criminal crimes that they were canceled, the best shows out there that uh, somehow didn't make it to a second or 20 seasons, whatever you want to call it. Uh, my rating for this show, because it was bad, was a two. I think you were thinking maybe I was going to go one. Um, gonna go lower. But I feel like it was engaging and I wanted to know where the story went. Like, I, I don't feel like if I'd only seen one episode of the show, like I probably wouldn't have said it would be a two, like because the first episode wasn't the most engaging. But by like episode four, I was like, OK, I kind of want to see where this is heading. I want to see. But then like by the end of it, I was so unfulfilled and it was so crammed. I was like, no, I don't I can't recommend this to anybody. I, you know, it, it fulfilled me for a season and I'll be content to not have any answers now for the rest of my life. What about you, Andrew? Oh, uh, man. I don't know. This this one for me is like, I feel like I could justify any assignment from zero to two. <laughs> yeah. If you're in that range, you're probably in a safe spot. Yeah. Uh, I think a one. Yeah. Cause, cause, because <laughs> the end of the pilot episode... Is Griff going batshit, at least from what I recall, going batshit, cutting off his hand, and having some fugue state, and based off of that... That doesn't make you want to watch more? I mean, kind of, but at the same time, I was like, all right, this is going to be ridiculous. 
Okay, so one for um, you, two for me. Yeah, one to okay. two, probably one and a half. I think is fair because okay. I could I could I I could understand a two and I could argue for a two as well. Okay, I think it's right in the middle of that. Yeah. Uh, we skipped a segment that I wanted to talk about, so we're going to bring it back before we go on to mm. end the show. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. going to share with you, Andrew, and with every one of our listeners, my favorite quotes from the sh- show to show you how bad the writing was. Ready? Oh, boy. I'm um, actually excited. At one point, Henley and Greggy, two inconsequential characters, are having a roman- romantic love affair, and then Greggy steals her hammer that is a MacGuffin. And yeah. so Henley ties him up and is basically going to torture him to reveal where the hammer is. Um, and at one point she says, what did I tell you about using the third person before hitting him with a mallet from a croquet set? Mm-hmm. Um, which is just a great line because he refers to himself in the third person and she beats the shit out of him. Um, the crazy yeah. cop, Dan Farmer, at one point says, I may be the greatest cop ever after being accused of being crazy. <laughs> someone's like oh are you crazy uh, are you some kind of crazy cop and he's like i'm the best cop ever oh no i may be the greatest cop ever was the exact yeah. word um and then when he uh steals after being like after absconding after being suspected to be the magic man for the first time he right. uh steals the stivaletto brothers car and as he's leaving they say what is your name and he says they call me gazpacho because i like my soup cold <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is maybe my favorite because it doesn't answer any questions because gazpacho for those who don't know is just cold soup and that it's not clever it's not funny it's not interesting it's just weird it's and just it really weird. uh it really shows that he is he may be the greatest cop ever uh and then uh the last one is never ask a crocodile to the junior prom which may or may not be a real turn of phrase but it fucking I, isn't i if anyone <laughs> has ever used this unironically or not in this show, you're dumb, and I'm sorry. Are you Googling if this is a real phrase? I am. Please tell me. If it's not, if it is a real phrase, I'm going to have egg on my face, but I'm also going to be right, so I'm not going to feel that bad. Uh, there are some games that seem to have, have pulled. Um, oh, this is, though the first result is literally um, a publication that's that's about Happy, happy Town. <laughs> And okay, so I think is, that's, that's relatively reasonable to say that 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 it is not a real yeah, turn. No, so those not. are some of it's my favorite just, quotes. There was a lot of other really bad ones. Yeah, but that was my bad. those were my four favorites that I. Well, thank you for sharing. That. I was crying laughing at. So if, thanks, uh, thanks everyone. If you enjoyed those that. quotes, watch the show. No, but don't, also don't make our don't watch the show. Do that. Okay, um, so we're at the end of the episode here. I hope everyone has enjoyed uh, their time with us and spending it in this wonderful, happy town that we live in. Mm. Uh, Andrew, where yeah. can they find all of our information? Yeah, uh, first and foremost, you can find us at season1pod.com. All of our socials are season underscore one underscore pod. And we have a Patreon that I yeah. almost forgot about. If you want to help us pay for you. these stupid shows yeah, that we have to watch help for- us secure the bag so we can pay a little bit of the of these shows because we're basically buying all these shows because yeah, they're not available because they're, they're so hard to find hard to find in all it once again renews my call for art preservation agree these shows are art and they need to be maintained god damn it how much would it cost us to host another site and to get the licenses to stream or put them up for stream. A, a all of these money. shows, many yeah. millions of dollars, because you know more money than we're making. Definitely, and you know that, like, even though they, if you want to, like, that's what all the uh, writer strike going on right now is for, is because yeah. like writers don't get enough royalties, but you do have to pay per stream to writers, um, right? For for streaming royalties. Anyway, we couldn't do that. It would be a fun idea in the future when we're billionaires from this podcast, which will definitely yeah. happen. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Andrew, are you ready to find out what our next show is? I'm so ready. And I'm also that- excited for the next time because I'm excited for the show that I want us to watch. Do you, do you want to do a double header and then I'll do a double header? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, that makes me sad because then it would like save me from having to pick it. Pick another right. winner. <laughs> I'm going to pick a great one. I always pick great ones. I've never picked a bad show. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, we are going to watch as our next show, the Winchesters.
the Winchester. Very recently canceled. I think it was either on Netflix or the CW, one of the two. Um, you can look it up. Uh, but yeah, that, it just caught my eye. What's it about? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a prequel to the long-running series Supernatural. Oh, okay. And it was canceled, so that bodes well. Because Supernatural is one of the longest fucking TV shows ever made, other than like The Simpsons. Yeah. So yeah, it's probably it really good. It's probably so good. I would say. Well, Supernatural is on CW, so this is probably a CW show. CW canceled a lot of shows recently, so we have some It is. Ones, uh, it looks like it might be available on Max. Ooh. Not HBO Max. Just Max. Max. Don't you dare say uh, that it's HBO Max, because they just keep sh- sleffing words off that yeah. title. Pretty soon it's just going to be meh. No, it's going to be Axe, Body Spray, the streaming service. Ooh. Anyway, we should go because we're rambling now. Um, But thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We really appreciate uh, you tuning in. We look forward to seeing you in two weeks uh, watching The Winchesters. And until next time, my name is Presley. My name is Andrew. Never ask for a crocodile to the junior prom.